Welcome to First Person Seville, the podcast. I'm Charles Lewis, your host, and also the co-host of In My Humble Opinion from WVAI 101 Jams. Today's episode features trans advocate Charlie Burton, author of He Used to Sneak to the Back of the Library to Learn About Who He Was. Now, this trans advocate has his own book. Charlie didn't even know what trans meant until he was in his 50s. When he was eight years old, Charlie would climb the big brick steps of the Gordon Avenue Library and sneak into the adult section to try to figure out why he felt like a little boy when everyone else knew him as a girl. I can feel it now. My face is red. My hands are sweaty. You know, I'm scared that somebody's going to, you know, catch me back here in the adult section. I thought I could find anything on why do I feel like a little boy? There was nothing there. So I would just read books about sex, you know, anything to try to find something, you know, to, to figure out who am I. And then I'd slip back over and I probably need to make an amends to the Gordon Avenue Library because I think years after I moved, I found a couple of books that I stole because I couldn't check them out, you know. So, yeah, yeah. So I probably need to go pay for those books and make an amends for that. So you are a trans man. Yes. You are also a black man. I'm also a black man. Yeah. So how does one inform the other? I'll tell the simple story in that I was at work one day and I got on an elevator and there were two white women that uh, moved over to the other end of the elevator and I couldn't understand why because all I was thinking was Charlie Transman. So the first thing that comes in my head was why are they moving over to the other end? This is just me. I'm an AA and I called my sponsor and I had a conversation with my sponsor and lovingly she said, congratulations, you're now a part of the black man saga of white people will look at you and see black man, not trans man. And so that whole contrast of being able to move towards the trans advocate and also know that the world doesn't see me as trans advocate 24-7, they see Charlie as a black man. It's almost like we have to be comfortable in two worlds. We have to be comfortable as a trans man and we have to be comfortable as a black man. And sometimes that contrast conflicts and we have to learn how we can maneuver and move through that. You have to understand how unsafe it is um, to be a trans person, period, and especially here in Virginia. I have to learn there are spaces that I am Charlie the black man, and then I'm still not safe. And then there are spaces that I'm Charlie the trans man, and I'm even more in that unsafe zone. Um, So it's a hard contrast. It's hard because it's like I wear so many different hats just to live my authentic life. So uh, can you talk about the process of moving from silence to being an advocate, uh, you know, lifting all trans voices, um, you know, to include uh, what impact did the church have on your voice um, and who were those that helped you find your voice? The church silenced me. I was fearful because As a lesbian, a black lesbian, I'm sitting in these Baptist churches and I'm hearing that I'm condemned. You know, people like me burn in hell. You got to think about it now. For 50 years, I was brought up in this black church where everything happened in the black church. You know, you, you went to Sunday school. You went to the church service. They would have homecomings all week long. You go to church. There's Bible school. And so I'm sitting there Sunday after Sunday hearing that I'm going to burn in hell. And now all of a sudden, oh, my God, I want to take the gender that I was. And now I'm going to be different. I know they're not going to take me now. And so when I started thinking about this whole transition, I was 
you know, what is the community going to think about me? Do I have to move away to do this? And so I was silent. So I was involved uh, with a woman as I was a lesbian, and she lived in uh, Chesapeake, Virginia. And she was uh, hugely involved with the uh, Metropolitan Church, you know, so the MCC Church. And uh, we would go on Sundays, and I remember seeing this guy that kept physically changing in front of me. And I remember asking my ex, who is that guy? You know, and she said who he, who he was, and, you know, he's transitioning. And I got confused because every time I would go to that church, I was, like, fixated on this guy. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, I don't like guys. You know, why am I fixated on this guy? And now I know he's that something called trans. This is what it was. I was fixated on him because I could see me and him, you know, and so— as I started transitioning, there was a point when I thought, in order for me to live my life, I've got to get out of this town because I don't have anybody like me. And so when I started thinking that I had to get out of this town in order to find my voice, in order to transition and then maybe come back, here was the aha moment. It looked like at one point as I was transitioning, all my family members, which were older, were beginning to die. And so we'd have to go to funerals. And I would start growing my little peach fuzz, and I would have to shave it off that morning to go to church to be with the family. And one morning I got up and I was going to this funeral at midday from work, and I forgot to shave. And so I pull in the church parking lot, and I look in the mirror, and I'm like, what is going to happen? And in that very moment, I was like, in order for me to accept myself, I'm going to have to show myself to them. So I went to that church, of course, they all would call me Charlotte and she, and I, you know, and I, and I felt like it wasn't time for me to correct at somebody else's funeral. And I get back in my car and I'm driving and I thought, it is my duty to teach my family outside family and friends and co-workers and, you know, classmates. I'm still the fun-loving same person, you know? It's just I got a different name and I'm living in the body that I'm supposed to be in. And so I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm staying here because I have a charge to do. And that if you never, ever see family members, friends, schoolmates, another trans person, you're going to see this one. How might your life have been different, you know, if you ever think about it, if you had been able to transition as a child or earlier in adulthood? If I had transitioned earlier, I, I feel like I would have embraced life I'm 62 years old now, you know, and so I've only lived this since 50, and every year gets better. I, I applaud these eight, nine-year-old kids and the parents who support them that say, I am not who I'm supposed to be. This is who I'm supposed to be. And a lot of parents are in Charlottesville, as a matter of fact, that embrace that and support. I have to also say I am grateful for the path that I've gone. 
And I'm not this overly religious person because God knows that's another question. The church doesn't accept people like me, uh, not not the local black churches anyway, but I'm a spiritual guy. And so I believe that my power greater than myself put everything in my place that had to be to get to where I am now. And so when I when people ask me that question of do you wish you had transitioned earlier? Yes, I did. Yes, I do, because of um everything the greatness it has given me. Do I dwell on it? No, because everything that has happened to me has happened in a time, and it's just been an absolutely beautiful path to go through. How do you approach like the youth when, when it comes to them sort of maturing and them growing, growing into themselves and sort of figuring it out? I feel you have got to know who you are before you make that approach of transition. And so when someone comes to me and says, I think I might be trans, I encourage them to get in touch with their emotions first, get in, because it's an emotional journey, a physical and an emotional journey. I would say to a young person, please, you know, just, just take your time, you know, enjoy what you're doing. Love this process, because it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be rushed. It has to be a beautiful experience. I love all of the 13 years that I've gone through. You know, before that, I was a drunk. You know, I didn't care what I looked like. I hated what was in me. I hated who I was. I couldn't properly love people because I couldn't love myself. And when I transitioned, life just started. I wake up every morning, I'm a happy man. Charlie Burton is a native of North Garden, Virginia. He is board chair of P-Flag Blue Ridge and founder of the group Black Trans Men Can Cook. Burton's memoir, The Boy Beneath My Skin, A Black Trans Man Living in the South, was published in 2022 by Transgender Publishing. He is a third-year student at Morehouse College and a public speaker with his company, Charlie Speaks. You can find his first-person Seville essay at www.charlottesvilletomorrow.com. We want to hear your story and tell the story of our community together. Share your perspective with First Person Seville at sevilleinclusivemedia.com slash projects. The First Person Seville podcast is a production of Charlottesville Inclusive Media. It's hosted by me, Charles Lewis, and the In My Humble Opinion talk show. Like what you hear? Subscribe and follow us at imhotalkshow.org. This episode was produced by Kelly Jones. IMHO theme music was from God Vibes by Miguel and Morris with NYC Bangers on production.